0: self-care is a word that gets overused and that also gets kind of this whole fuzzy glossy makeover when people are talking about it that maybe seems a little unattainable or not real to a lot of people who don't have the time to just take an entire day to spa themselves you know here's the thing like taking care of yourself and making sure that you are optimized and filled up really is important, not just to you, but to everybody that you're around, everybody that you touch, right? So I think that really one of the best things that we can do for the world (laughs) is to make sure that we ourselves are topped off. Here's the thing, the world is made of people. And even small interactions with somebody can totally disrupt and ruin or make your day. And so if you think of that on a, on a larger scale, like if all of us were constantly taking care of ourselves and feeling optimized and feeling able to give what we're able to give in a positive manner – whole world would be a better place. There are some really cool and super tiny ways that you can go about this. It really doesn't have to be the, you know, like long drawn out hot baths. Although I'm a fan, I'm definitely a bath person, but it doesn't have to be anything that takes that much time. You know, I just delivered my daughter Chloe just over six weeks ago now. It's really made me see like how important it is That I take time to optimize myself. And I've really had to find some tiny and quick and like easily achievable ways to do that because I am tired and I don't have like long stretches of time in a row to be able to just sit and pamper myself. And I know a lot of you don't either. And so let me go ahead and share what have become my very top five tiny things that i do on a regular basis that make me feel really topped off and optimized and just like i'm tending to myself and it's really made all the difference in the world. Okay, number 1 is something i call the string up posture practice. And if you've ever practiced yoga or maybe even meditation, then you've probably heard this said to you before. You sit up as if you have a string being pulled from the top of your head. So if you're like looking directly forward, and you think that you have a string right here at the top of your head that's being pulled up, and you just like lift and lengthen your spine, and that's that's really it. I have always kind of worked on my posture. I tend to slump a lot. I hate it. I hate the way that I look in pictures when I'm slumped over. Um, And so I've been really trying to make a mindful practice of just doing this one simple thing, just occasionally doing this whole string practice where I feel like the string is pulling me up. And I just do it regularly. Like I'll be walking from my bedroom down to the kitchen to get a drink refill. And I'll just remind myself to do that. And I'll just feel myself lifting. And it's like this immediate immediate confidence booster first of all like you just feel more present and you feel more uh, confident whenever you have this nice, controlled posture. It allows your breath to expand. So it really gives your lungs some space to expand. I'm able to get a little bit of a stretch out of it from my ribs, my back. And for me, I think that it's one of those keystone habits, one of those habits that you start that helps to propel other habits. Because whenever I practice this whole mindful string up posture, um, I, it encourages me to exercise more, it encourages me to do my breathing techniques and to do deep breathing, and it just encourages me to be more mindful. I mean, if you think about it, like the act of trying to intentionally shift your posture like that is already a mindful act, so it easily segues into other mindful activities. Okay, number two is box breathing or extended exhales. I personally prefer extended exhales, but I'm gonna show you both. So box breathing is just doing an inhale for a count of four and then holding for a count of four Exhaling for a count of four and then holding so that's box breathing anytime that you are working on controlling your breathing It's tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system, which overrides your sympathetic nervous system And that's the one that we kind of live in on automation that can make us feel really tense and uptight So when you focus on your breathing, you'll notice that your nervous system starts to really slow down as well well, which is really awesome. But my personal favorite breathing technique is extended exhales. I think of it kind of like a challenge. This is something that I actually practiced when I was doing my Lamas and practicing, you know, breathing and focusing techniques for labor. But if you just inhale for one and exhale for two, and then count up from there. And so every inhale, you're trying to double the exhale. So it looks like this. So you see, and it's just like that. And you see how how far you can go. And you might notice that the more you practice it, the further you're able to go as far as your exhales. But the exhales really quickly start to get long. So by the time you get to an inhale count of five, you're exhaling for 10 seconds and that can start to really add up. It's a great form of self care because you're helping to oxygenate your body, which most of the time we're not actively thinking about. It again helps to encourage a better posture and encourage this expanding through your chest and your torso. And it, it helps with your brain, you're like getting more oxygen to your brain, but also you're overriding some of these automated responses, which is soothing your entire nervous system. I mean, people spend a lot of money and make a lot of bad choices in order to make their body feel this good. And you have the ability to just tap into that whenever you want. Number three is to sleep, and not just to get good sleep, but to prioritize sleep. And that is something I've definitely been prioritizing here lately. But I'm really inspired at the links that LeBron James goes to protect his sleep. I'm not a sports person, but his handle on sleep is like next level. He actually schedules his sleep. He says that it's on the schedule and then everything else in his day works back from his sleep schedule. He has a ritual so that everything is always the same. He covers up all of the light sources. He goes through this whole process every night, plays the same sounds, and he gets at least eight hours of sleep at night and a two hour nap during the day. And he said that that is so important and that like everything else is so engineered backwards from that, that even when he's had to have an earlier game, you would think that he would have just cut out his nap or done the nap after the game. But instead, they reworked his entire sleep schedule so that he went to bed so many hours early so that he was still able to get in that two hour nap before the game. Because that ritual and that sleep system is so important to his performance. Like how next level is that? To put your sleep on a calendar and make sure that everything else in your life, your interactions with family, your work schedule, like anything else that you're achieving in life works back from that sleep schedule so that you're always able to give your best and to be your best and to be the most present and clear and happy version of yourself when you are doing those things that you love doing and when you are with those people that you love being with. Ever since hearing that, I've just been really prioritizing my sleep and not feeling guilty about it. So if the baby keeps me up all night and then I end up sleeping for the most part until two o'clock in the afternoon, I don't feel guilty about that because I need to get that sleep. Sleep respect. Number four, increase the oxytocin. This is something that I've learned a lot about over the past few months, mostly because oxytocin is really important and plays a major role in labor and also in breastfeeding. Um, but it's not just for pregnant and delivering people. This is something that exists in our everyday lives. And it's in fact called the love hormone because this is the feeling that you get when you're in love or when you touch someone or when you look into a baby's eyes, you know, that whole like just oh, loving, happy, feeling, um, that is oxytocin in our body. And so, you know, we give a lot of hype and praise to things like dopamine and endorphins and adrenaline and all of these other things that can make us feel things, serotonin, Um, and all those are great, but I feel like oxytocin kind of gets the back burner and it can really just be such a great way to care for yourself and also to tap into this whole You know bonding chemical that helps you to really connect with other people and impact them too and it's really so simple if you want to talk about like tiny tiny things that you can do to really act as a self-care practice or you know really optimize yourself and make you feel good make you feel better tapping into the oxytocin is a really low barrier way to do it because you can literally get this uh, chemical release from something as simple as touch it could be just holding your partner's hand, exchanging a massage. You can get it from puppies, right? Or from your dog um, sitting there and just lounging around in the bed and petting Charlie and looking into Charlie's eyes. Like it makes me feel this whole relaxed, happy feeling that is from the oxytocin. That's what causes you to bond with your babies and with your children. So it's a really simple low barrier way to make yourself feel good and bring yourself back down to a happy place. Also just food for thought, I've read that- that music and singing, especially singing in groups, can also help to stimulate oxytocin. So if you hear those songs that really just make you feel something and make you feel good, that could be stimulating your oxytocin release as well. And number five is something that I've never shied away from talking about, and that is to hydrate everything. I hydrate everything, (laughs) like multiple times per day. I'm drinking like tons of bottles of water. I constantly have a full bottle of water next to me, but not just that, like yeah, drinking water is amazing, but I'm hydrating my skin, I'm putting lip balm and lip masks on and hydrating my lips because they've been super chapped here lately and it just feels good to be hydrated. Like everything that can be hydrated, I try to hydrate. And it's, it's something that's really simple, right? It doesn't take very long to chug some water or to like put some lotion on your face, but just the act of hydrating yourself can just make you feel like a new person. You feel refreshed, you know, you look healthier, you get more of a a dewy skin glow, you know, you don't see as many wrinkles. When you get really dry and dehydrated, your skin shrivels. It doesn't feel good, right? It feels tight, it feels itchy, it feels uncomfortable, and it looks that way too. So just one great way to really quickly Give yourself a boost is to pump up the hydration. You know, just go chug a few bottles of water and put a bunch of lotion on your face or lotion your hands if your hands get dry or get some really good lip balm and just keep those lips coated all day long. You know, our bodies are fluid, something we don't think about a whole lot. And I'm not just talking about our blood. Of course, our blood has a lot of water in it, but our brains are 75% water. Our heart is 79% water and even our bones, which don't seem very fluid are still 22% water. So like we are made of fluid and our body thrives and expands and feels good when it's hydrated. So those are five tiny, really low barrier self-care practices that have really changed my life. I think that they are life-changing if you actually do them. Go give it a try and see if it makes you feel better. And if you're already doing one, then pick another one to add in Um, because I do not know how I would be able to survive and to give back to the world and to be present for my family and for my baby and just for myself without these tiny self-care practices.